0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Case Cast. I'm your host, Dr. Dominique Hill, the St. Mary Mercy Hospital Emergency Medicine Associate Program Director. And today I have our, our um, emergency medicine med student clerkship director, Dr. Michael Monteciolo, who is also our stroke lead physician for our site. Welcome Dr. Monteciolo.
1: Thanks Dominique, thanks for having me.
0: Good. So today we're actually gonna talk about a stroke. Um, which is something that is near and dear to your heart. Now, why don't we start off by going into some background information about stroke and large vessel occlusion along with uh, reperfusion options.
1: Okay, thanks. Yeah, and um, stroke care is very near and dear to my heart. And at St. Mary's, we see a lot of um, both hemorrhagic and ischemic strokes due to our um, patient population. And Stroke care has changed quite a bit over the last several years. So that was you know, a big factor in me getting involved. And we actually have developed an entire stroke team at our hospital to help improve the delivery of care for our patients suffering strokes. Um, the biggest advances in stroke care has been arguably those um, that are dealing with a large vessel occlusion. So with ischemic strokes and large vessel occlusions, um, large vessel occlusions are strokes that are um, clots that are occluding one of the five major cerebral artery systems of the brain, which include the internal carotid artery, the middle cerebral artery, the anterior cerebral artery, basal artery, and the posterior arteries. The reason this is so important and identifying these types of uh, occlusions so quickly is because nearly two million brain cells die every minute the brain is not perfused in a large vessel occlusion. In terms of treating these large vessel occlusions, there are two reperfusion treatments uh, available. I don't want to say older, but the older of which is the reperfusion with IV tPA, which is available for those with um, whose last known well is less than or equal to four and a half hours. But there's also thrombectomy those are available to patients with large vessel occlusions and a salvageable um, portion of their brain, their last known well can be less than or equal to 24 hours. So that really broadens the patient population of who can be eligible for um, brain-saving intervention and potentially life-saving intervention. So a lot of this is based on the DAWN trial, which came out in 2008, which extended the um, Thrombectomy eligible window from less than six hours after having a stroke to six to twenty-four hours after having a stroke. So that really increased the the number of people um, that are eligible for this type of therapy. In at Saint Mary's, we are a primary stroke center, which means we handle pretty much all aspects of stroke care, except for the thrombectomy we were just talking about. Um, In those cases, we actually transfer. Patients out to either um, one of our sister hospitals, um, either via via helicopter or by ground, and led. You know that process, as you can imagine, is pretty um, can be pretty cumbersome. There's a lot of moving parts, and a big part of my job over the last few years has been to improve that process, both from the transfer aspect as well as identifying patients who would be eligible for one of these interventions. And if it's all right with you, Dominique, I can kind of talk to you about some of the things we've done to improve stroke care over the last few years, as well as uh, some of our newer um, quality improvement projects. Over the last few years, we have tried to increase our awareness and our identification of patients um, that are having a large vessel stroke. And we did that by performing more increased advanced imaging on patients that are having a significant stroke. So we started by using the NIH stroke scale score and dividing the patients into two different subsets, those with severe strokes, which are um, a stroke scale score of greater than or equal to six or having a cortical or posterior deficit which would include aphasia, weakness, neglect, visual field deficits, and ataxia. And in any of those patients, we obtained a not only a non-contrast head CT, but a CTA as well. By doing so, we have um decreased the amount of time to thrombectomy and to intervention by a significant amount. And um you know, over the last two years, we've we've reduced our door to transfer for thrombectomy by an average of 95 minutes, which is pretty significant. And we've also reduced our door to CTA completion time by 84 minutes on average. Um, and our door to CTA read time uh, to 87 minutes on average. So the bottom line, we've potentially saved about 166 million neurons by, the, uh, by all of our uh, process improvements. So that's, we're pretty proud of that and um, looking to expand upon that in the future.
0: That sounds awesome, Dr. Monticiolo. And then why don't you tell us about the current stroke QI projects that you have going right now?
1: Okay, yeah. And so we're we're really trying to build off the advanced imaging improvements. And one of the one of the biggest improvements in the last year has been the implementation of CT perfusion studies, as well as rapid artificial intelligence software. And the goal with implementing both of these um, new uh, imaging modalities is is to Id- rapidly identify patients who may have a small um, infarcted Uh, brain tissue but a salvageable uh, surrounding penumbra. So um, CT perfusion studies basically are giving us a ratio of the core infarct to salvageable penumbra and will identify those patients that would be eligible for thrombectomy. We never were able to have these CT perfusion studies um, at our site until recently and what it is, it's basically another tool in our toolbox. So it's allowed us to not only identify thrombectomy eligible patients, but also decrease the amount of unnecessary transfers to um, centers with thrombectomy. And as I'm sure you're aware, um, you know a lot can go wrong with transfers. So it's taking on a lot of unnecessary risks if the patient isn't eligible for thrombectomy. Adding in a technology like this has it, it does come with um, some pitfalls, and that is, you know, adding it into an already pretty complex stroke care system. So we've been trying to identify ways in which we can seamlessly integrate it into our current stroke management um, flow. Then another huge point I should bring up is that we don't want any of these ad- advanced imaging, whether it be CTA or CT perfusion to delay thrombolytics or any other stroke care, right? We don't want it to get in the way of whatever we can do to break up the clot and get perfusion to this brain. So what we have done is basically broken patients up into two subsets, those with last known well less than four and a half hours or um, TPA candidates and those that have a last known well between four and a half and 24 hours. That's our first branch point then we are looking for patients that may have a large vessel occlusion on both sides, the TPA candidates and the non-TPA candidates. So those with a NIH stroke scale score of greater than six or less than six with the cortical or posterior signs that we talked about, those patients get a CTA right up front. Um, if they are a TPA candidate then in that less than four and a half hour branch, they get TPA and then we start assessing their candidacy for thrombectomy while they're getting TPA, which means we bring them back for a perfusion study. Um, and on the other side, patients that aren't a TPA candidate, we and they have the NIH straight scale greater than six or cortical slash posterior signs, we're getting all of our advanced imaging all at once. CT, CTA, CT perfusion and The part I kind of left out until now um, is the involvement of our consultants. So we are very fortunate at St. Mary's to utilize the Michigan Stroke Network, which is a consultant group of neurologists that provide stroke care to a variety of hospitals across the state. And what that has allowed us to do is have basically comprehensive stroke care via telemedicine and these consultants um, evaluate the patient and also make recommendations and help us set up transfers um, to thrombectomy capable centers. So they help us interpret the imaging, they get involved, they um, coordinate with the neurointerventionalists and really have been integral part of us getting patients the best possible outcomes. So as you can see, it's a pretty it's a pretty involved process, and there's a lot of moving parts, but we think we're on the way to creating um, a pretty amazing stroke center, and ultimately, we'd like to be a, a completely comprehensive center. Maybe we can bring thrombectomy to St. Mary's and continue providing like the the highest standard of care for these patients, undergoing a pretty significant disease process.
0: Well, I want to um, say, Dr. Mastillolo, you've done a phenomenal job as our stroke lead physician, especially with bringing CT perfusion here and having a fluid process for getting these patients, the emergent imaging that they need. In addition to the ultimate care that they need, whether or not that's um, giving TPA within the window or getting them uh, flown out or um, going by ground to get uh, endovascular therapy. Uh, so I applaud you for all your hard work, along with St. Joe's Pontiac, who who does our endovascular therapy, but you guys have done a phenomenal job at St. Mary's. And so now I wanna give you a chance to give any closing remarks.
1: Thank you very much, first off. Second off, um, I think the, the closing remarks are that uh, time is brain and identifying patients who are suffering from a large vessel occlusion the first step in getting them good care is identifying those patients. So a good neuro exam up front and early involvement with your consultants, as well as using all of the tools in the toolbox are all very important. And like I said, time is brain. So using these streamlined processes, we can, we can save a lot of neurons and save a lot of lives. So um, all good things to come hopefully in the future.
0: I look forward to having you back again to give updates about how things are going with uh, your QI projects and, uh, and see how things are going with the CT perfusion now that we have it. But thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Monticiolo and to everyone else for tuning in for another case of Case Cast.